I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. We've just been to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and we're going to tell you all about it. Let's bring it on. So we are still picking the popcorn from our teeth. That's Mm -hmm. how recently we've just come out of Once Upon a Time. Just a minute ago we were sitting in the cinema. Literally a minute ago. There's a lot to talk about with this movie. It was a quintessential Quentin Tarantino film, I think. Quintessential Quentin Tarantino. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Not after a few drinks. Yeah. Um, Starring Brad Pitt uh, as stuntman Mm -hmm. Cliff Booth and Leonardo DiCaprio as actor Rick Dalton and rounding it out Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. I'm going to jump in straight away here and say I think Leonardo DiCaprio was doing his best work in this film. Some of his best work. What did you think? No, he was a joy to watch. I think um, I quite like Brad Pitt's style Mm. and Leo, like, because he was quite frantic in this movie, to Mm. be honest, um, which is quite great. Brad was like the straight guy. Leo Mm. was more crazy. Mm. And I think, is it interesting that his character thought he was like a washed up sort of has been? Mm. Maybe we should should get back and say what the film's roughly about. So what would you say it's about? I would say it's about... Rick Dalton, played by Leo, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of comes to realize that he may just be typecast in this one thing and he thinks he's all washed up. Mm-hmm. And then it literally is a day in a life, a couple of days in the life of him and his stuntman, Brad Pitt, who plays Cliff Booth, mm-hmm. on the set of their movies and mm-hmm. kind of what they're up to and all their lives and how they intertwine with other sorts of mm-hmm. plot lines. And woven through the story is uh, Sharon Tate, played mm-hmm. by Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm who sadly was murdered by Charles Manson's family, the Manson family, yeah. in 1969. So his film, Quentin Tarantino's film, was roughly about the end of the golden age of, or the carefree age of Hollywood in the 60s, I yeah. think. Yeah, so said in 1969. Mm. You really felt like you were transported oh. into this era. Like he does 100%. it so well. He, takes a, he spends a lot of time mm. setting up 
where you are, where mm. his films are. Mm. Uh, and 1969 LA was one of the biggest characters in this mm-hmm. movie because he kept on, it was just beautiful. The production design, all the, yeah. like all the cars, how they literally must've shut down freeways time and time again just to have the right mm. era cars drive on it. Yeah. A lot of the film took place in cars and driving around. I mm. mean, it is LA. Like mm. he really, he really does tell the story beautifully. Mm. And every 60s. shot is chosen so methodically. You can mm. just really tell that there's no shot in there that's in there by accident. It's yeah. all meaningful. It's all very particular. Mm. I really love that. And he's a big film nerd himself. And you kind of saw that uh, yep. through and through. There was a lot of people watching television and, and shows and movies of mm. that time were constantly being kind of engaged in by the characters in, mm-hmm. in different settings and scenarios. And how good was the soundtrack? Brilliant. Well, it's a Tarantino. Sound- it's a quintessential Tarantino <laughs> element of yeah. his movies. He's got great soundtracks. Yeah. Some of it was remixed. It wasn't original songs, but it mm. just fit in seamlessly with the story. It was quite long, I think. Not as long as we thought it was actually going to be. The film field has been two hours and 41 minutes. Yeah. Didn't, to me, it didn't feel mm. long. Mm. I, for quite a while, was waiting for something to happen. Mm. And then I realised, well, things are happening, but probably not at the pace that I wanted to. And then I remembered what sort of movie I was watching. Or maybe and I just ex- went along with it. Or maybe that you expect from Quentin Tarantino, because some mm. of his films can be very long in the setup. Yes. But then they come hard with violence, gore, yeah. and that can tend to go on for a long time. But in yeah. this film, without giving too much away, mm. there wasn't a ton of that. It was more no. character-driven, which I really I really enjoyed. But when, when, those, when that violence did happen, it mm. was hysterical, mm-hmm. and you kind of felt very at home. It was in, so in Quentin. Quentin. Yeah, yeah, very much. But yeah, he did take a lot of time telling the characters' stories. I think th- th- there was one in particular with uh, Rick Dalton, Leo, on the set of a new project. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought for a minute then, have we, are we just watching a different movie now? Because we were just like experiencing this TV show or movie, whatever he was making with Columbia. And I thought, when is he going to like cut away from this? We're just, we're literally experiencing Rick Dalton at work and like a movie within a movie, like a movie within a movie. It was, it probably went for more than 10 minutes, Mm. this scene. And it was brilliant, especially in how it kind of comes together. And there's a great moment that then gets realized really beautifully, Mm. um, you know, not soon after between Leo and and a young actress Mm. um, on the set of this new project. I thought Mm. that was really great. And the thing about Quentin Tarantino films, well, I should say to start with, there's been a little bit of talk online about real people Mm. who are portrayed in this film. Although I wouldn't say portrayed because it's it's taken with a grain of salt. There are real people's names used, real Mm. actors that were in that era. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee features... Won't say too much how, but he's in there. And there was some talk that maybe it was a bit of a disservice to these people that they were so exaggerated Mm. and weren't really like themselves. But I think that's what makes a Quentin Tarantino film so great is that he takes real events or real people and takes creative license with them. Yeah. Artistic license. And that was probably the biggest kick out of this movie. He rewrote history, basically, without giving too much away. Mm. He rewrites history. Yeah, because he can and he gets away with it and... The audience cheers along with him. That's entertainment. Yeah. 
He's very entertaining. I don't know if if I can. Ju- I don't know if I loved this movie though. Really? I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Uh, I kind of went a bit silent up, like while we were, you know, mm. walking out. And I'm kind of thinking, yeah, like I enjoyed it. It was beautifully made. Like mm. there's no real flaw in it. But I don't think I particularly loved it that much for whatever reason. I'm still trying to figure that out. It's being hailed as one of his best films, mm. and I have to agree with it. I think it was one of his best films up there with Jackie Brown. Mm. Yeah, I just really, I really loved it. I, I don't feel like I was bored throughout at all. And I think that comes down to the performances as well. Like you've just got this engaging cast. Every one of these names, every person that was in there, even Damon Harriman, who plays mm. Charles Manson yeah. and is not in it for all that long. No. Was so engaging. Yeah. He does cast very well. Mm. And it, it's there's quite a lot of, um, like, merry-go-round of cameos and people coming and going. Yeah. Uh, which which is great. It kind of keeps you on your toes and thinking and fresh. Um, and some do you of find them, them distracting, though? A couple I did. A couple of yeah. them I was like, oh, that's a Quentin special. That's a yeah. Quentin Tarantino special. That guy had to be in a Quentin Tarantino film. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He, but then there were some people in it, like Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And Dakota Fanning, they must be just turning cartwheels. Right. That they got into a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. And at the ninth film. Which of is course. Uh, apparently his penultimate. Yeah. He's only got one more to go. Yeah, no, I think he's just got this pull. And you, they're not really, like, necessarily huge roles or particularly exciting, but he gives them or writes them so... Um, they're a little bit different left of centre, very lippy, very wordy as all his films are. Mm-hmm. Scenes that literally take between one person on one side of the door, one on the other. They have, you know, two pages of dialogue between each other before anyone, before anything really happens. That, I really like those moments. But that still felt so natural to me. Mm. I have to say, I some I sometimes thought, I wonder if that's ad-libbed because it just felt so natural. And also that comes down to the performances. Yeah. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt just did a stellar job, I well, think. Brad Pitt's just so relaxed anyway, you'd think he's just making it up as he <laughs> yeah. goes along. I quite liked his um, his presence in the movie, mm. actually. I, probably Brad Pitt was my favourite thing about this movie. Really? For some reason, yeah. It's Leo for me. And he's I'm, just effortless. It's Leo for me, and I mm. don't always enjoy a Leo film, with a few exceptions, of course, mm-hmm. the big ones. But I just found him so easy to watch. As he's getting older, he's just shining, I think. He's got a knack for picking brilliant projects time mm. and time again. There's yep. not many Leo films that I haven't liked. Mm. Because they're all so different and you can see how committed he is to the projects. And some of the criticism towards this film has been centred around Margot Robbie's presence and that as Sharon Tate, she didn't have a lot of lines. Mm. I was surprised having heard that and then seeing the film that she actually does have a fair amount of lines. They might not be the most substantial in terms of furthering the story, but her presence as Sharon Tate was very symbolic Mm. of that era in the 60s yeah. and the end of that innocence. She was a shining light in the film, really, yeah. and I think she served her purpose well. Yeah, she Lines was or no. Yeah, for sure. Also, this seem, this might seem really random, but mm. does Tarantino have something about feet? <laughs> like, There's a lot of feet there in There were a lot of feet in this movie. I mean, even if it's <laughs> shots where it starts at the boots, people getting out of the car mm. or walking or he starts down, comes up mm. time and time again, or just people kicking their feet up. And literally, they take up a third of the screen, these 
dirty feet on the dash of a car <laughs> yeah. or on a footstool or or in a cinema on a cinema chair mm. i'm just like what does he have a thing for feet i've never noticed it before well again i think this comes down to a, just a very specific quirky Quint, quentin tarantino eye and yeah the things he chooses to put in his films are obviously very particular to yeah. him. Yeah. And this, again, was very particular. I couldn't say for sure what the reasoning was behind it. Maybe trying to ground the characters in that era. Maybe. Or just, you know what, you're in the car and, you know, you put your feet up on the dashboard. I'm just going to put the camera here and capture it. Mm. I think maybe that's as simple as his, it is. His shots were very intimate in some... Yeah. He chooses an unusual angle or an unusual shot, mm. which is very effective. Yeah, but he can storyboard a scene so perfectly. Mm. Like, you just... So discerned, like you've said. You know exactly... He knows exactly where he's going to point the camera next. Mm. And it tells a story amazing because then you get that impact at the end or a character reacting or something Mm. and it all comes down to how he's pieced it together in his mind and then conveyed it on screen yeah he's such a great action director Mm. in a weird is he an action director it kind of is because it just leads into this thing and then he pulls off this incredible chaos yeah this wasn't one of his most action-packed no it wasn't it's so as i said character driven Mm. and Mm. focused on the relationship between Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, mm. their friendship, how they're traveling through the later years in life. Yeah. So where again, their are at. again, where that criticism of Sharon Tate comes in, this wasn't a film about the Manson murders. No, they're in there all. because it's such a big part of yeah. that year. Yeah. And it also ties in, you know, Quentin's style very nicely. Yeah, for and sure. gives him an excuse to have the violence and everything in there. Yeah. But it was a Rick Dalton movie. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. It worked. Hmm. Even after talking this out, I'm kind of, my brain's uh, catching up Mm. and I'm realizing, I think, that I really did enjoy it more than even Mm. I said two minutes ago. (laughs) Don't movies grow on you? If not immediately, but maybe after a second view, but two minutes later. It's not immediate. Um, It'll hit you in about two and a half minutes. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's a second viewing. And I do Mm. think this movie deserves a second viewing. I think it would be really, Mm. like, maybe not immediately, maybe two and a half minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to watch this again and just kind of take it all in Mm. a second time. Mm -hmm. You felt like you were watching a movie from the... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 60s. Yeah. Yes. Without it being dated. Yeah. That's so true. That is very true. That was the decision that he made as well. I felt like, you know, the the cinema owner was putting on another reel sometimes. Mm. And there was even the breaks. There was even breaks between acts yeah. that made it feel like somebody was changing the reel up in the back room, mm. which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And, you know, some voiceover stuff in there, mm. montage things, you know, lookbacks, like flashbacks and all mm. that stuff. So... He shows you. He doesn't tell you. And I really enjoy that. So when the character is saying, Mm. I went home and I poured myself a drink or whatever, he doesn't just tell you that. He shows you that the actor went home and poured a drink, which is probably why the movie is so long. Because he shows you everything that he's telling you, which I like. Yeah, you don't reminisce. You live. Yeah. Yeah, You live through it. Yeah. Mm. He puts you right there with them. How many popcorn kernels would you give it? Look, I think... Do you want to um, give it another minute and a half? Yeah, give it two and a half minutes. <laughs> I think maybe I'd give this a four, I think. Mm. Yeah. I'd give it four popcorn kernels. What about you? I want to say four and a half, but I feel like that's too high. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't say why it's too high. Four seems good. Do you think it's because we've literally just seen it, we've hardly had time to even take yeah. it in? Yeah. Because that's what I'm nervous about, even one talking about this movie so soon after. But it kind of keeps a little bit... This has been quite a raw... Yeah. Pot, like, a raw review. Yeah. I'm not ready to commit to four and a half stars. <laughs> we will hold you to this. Oh, go on. Come on. What have you got to lose? If you want to put four... You feel four and a half now... You have every right to change that later. I've given reviews on this podcast. I'm like, oh, fuck. I probably (laughs) should have maybe given it half more or taken half off. All right, I'm going two feet in, four and a half stars. There we go. Four from me, four and a half from Lee. Yep, there you go. So go go out and check this out. If you're a fan of Quentin Tarantino's work anyway, I think you would definitely enjoy this and get a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. But it is, it does transport you to an era very very convincingly and even that alone just sitting in the in 1969 for two and a half hours is definitely worth the ride yeah so what else is out this week so uh, a dog's journey uh is out this week august 15th so that's a sequel to a dog's purpose not to be cute confused with a dog's way home there's a lot of dog films is this out like the, the dog a dog saga this dog just keeps getting reincarnated i wrote that on my notes because i'm just <laughs> like how does this dog keep getting reincarnated dennis quaid keeps finding this dog what does this dog keep dying in the yeah. previous movie yeah 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 and it just gets reincarnated and keeps coming back so then in this film it dies again and keeps coming back to look after his granddaughter. Is it like Hallmarky? Like what the hell? How long do dogs live? How many? How can they die enough that many to make times a trilo- in one life? Enough to make a trilogy. Yeah, probably. Or to rival the MCU. <laughs> I love a dog film though. It gets me right in the feels. So oh, I always think back at Marley and Me, and there are certain people who just either can't ever watch that again, or they mm-hmm. don't even want to talk about it because they've seen mm-hmm. it, and it's, it just hits home too hard. Yep. Which is um yeah. I felt the same way about Forrest Gump though. Oh my god, I love Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. I'm, I'm actually staring into the microphone to see this. People don't like Forrest Gump, I don't understand. I, I do. don't get it, and I ever will. I it's do. a brilliant movie. I like it too, but it took me a long time to watch it because I knew it was going to hit me hard. 
Oh, okay. And it did for some reason. I don't right. know why. But yeah. Even when you watch it now? Yeah. Just gets you in the feels. It gets me in the feels. I love you, Jana. <laughs> oh, I've lost a one co-host down. <laughs> I wish there was a camera on you then. That was Moving beautiful. on, it's, it's your time to cry now because okay. Harry Styles was offered the role of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid, I, but... I woke up to this news yep. and then ended the day that you actually broke this to me. I burst in your a text. bubble. You burst my Harry Styles cast as Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid bubble and it turns out that he's turned it down. Which I'm very happy about because I was so disappointed. I don't want Harry Styles to be Prince Eric. Well, I do. So we're just going to have to come halfway. I wanted Henry Cavill and you said he was too old. Too old and too big. He would crush that poor girl. <laughs> like, come on. It's like... It's no. not that kind of film. <laughs> well, it could be. Um, I don't know why Henry Cavill hasn't been a Disney prince yet. Well, who's left? What Disney prince is left for I don't him? care. Just make one up. Henry no, Cavill is a prince much. among men. He's too, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. It's your opinion. That's fine. I'm re- Look, watch this space. We'll see if Harry Styles... Because it's been rumoured for a while. Mm. And then nine hours after announcing that he is Prince Eric, he's no longer Prince Eric. Maybe so anything can happen at this point. Maybe they'll come up with the coin and he will be. Come up with it. Oh, do you think he's asking for too much? I think he's asking for too many doubloons. Do, do what? <laughs> doubloons. What the fuck's that? <laughs> What's doubloons? Is that? It's like treasure chest money. Oh, okay. All right. What's the other piece of news you got, Lee? Well, Jordan Peele is making Candyman. He's rebooting Candyman and that started filming. I am really just bring it on. Like I just, when's this movie coming out next year? So yeah, it's going to be next yeah. year. He's such a powerful filmmaker mm. and they're very visceral experiences when you're in the cinema and they're very unsettling so yeah let's see what he can conjure up but it's not a reboot out. they've described it as a spiritual sequel to the 1992 Candyman film okay is that a new phrase that Hollywood yeah. are coining now what is a spiritual sequel I think because reboot is getting so much negative press everyone's like reboot oh, well, the, reboot. The, what, are, what else is there there's reboot Reimagining, yeah, retelling, soft reboot, whatever that is, mm. and now spiritual sequel, yeah. Spiritual okay, sequel. all right. We might just walk slowly back from the ledge there. <laughs> that does bother me for some reason. Um, we had a few trailers come mm-hmm. out uh, this week as well. Uh, out New Year's Day is Little Women. I'm very excited about this film. Yeah. Greta Gerwig is directing, and I love everything she does. Yeah, I, I think she'll tell a really great retell this story really well. Mm. Um, You have to bring something new to it because when you do films like this or you do a Shakespeare film or you do a film that's just so widely known Mm. and so widely done, you really have to come up with something original or a twist. Based on the trailer, Mm. do you feel that there's something new in there? Or you said twist, so you think they might tweak something about the story and the plot? I mean, is the fact that Meryl Streep is Aunt March enough? Wait, who, why is that a twist? It's not a twist, but is that enough to carry it and make it different enough? Oh, it's enough to get my bum on a seat anyway. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd for, I didn't realise, or if, I did know, but I had forgotten that Meryl was in this and mm. I got a little giddy. And um, Laura Dern is their mother. Yeah. The cast is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So even that alone, it's going to be a, a, a great character piece mm. and a bit for a lot of actors. Uh, we literally just watched this trailer and it's kind of a bit cutesy. It's called Last Christmas, written mm. by... Emma Thompson. 
Emma Thompson, who we seem to rave on about as much as yeah. The Rock on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you feel about it? It's a nice, cutesy Christmas yeah. rom-com. So it stars Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones and Henry Golding as love interests. Yeah. And Amelia Clark is just, she's the new rom-com queen, I think. Now that she's done with Game of Thrones, I think this is where her niche is going to be. Yeah. I, she's quite cutesy on, on screen. Is cutesy the like, right word? No, I said that and I want to retract it's it. It's a little bit negative. Yeah, it is. She's adorable. Sure. That's what I was feeling, not yep. what I said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's something about Christmas movies, right? Yeah. Because everyone has an affinity of feeling like a love of that time of year. And it's and directed by Paul Feig, who mm. did Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters. Yeah. And he's quite a fun filmmaker. Yeah. Do you follow him on Instagram? No. Listeners, if you if you don't, go and follow Paul Feig on Instagram. He describes himself as drunk funkel. <laughs> okay, I'm going to follow right he's now. He's really fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, like legit fun? Yeah. Okay. I, I do, I like so, uh, a lot of his movies. Bridesmaids is one of my favorites. Yeah. And I feel like there's going to be flavors based on the trailer. I mean, that she gets a bird sh- shits in her eye in the trailer. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I've actually been shot in the face by her before. I'm like, I know how that feels like. Not it's not eye. romantic. It's not romantic at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that, look, I'm, I love a, hol- uh, a holiday movie mm. so yeah i'm looking forward to this well one. this this is coming out on november 7 so it's going to get us in the holiday spirit early. pre-christmas fix mm. good boys out september 19 mm. now we didn't feel much from this trailer no it's from the makers of what's super, super bad bad, mm-hmm. bad neighbors and we shared the same feeling sentiment about yeah this. it's about a bunch of preteens getting into mischief yeah, just curious about or doing un, un, sex and all that girls and kissing and yeah, whatever. but they're too they, young They for look it. like five years old. Yeah. And it's a bit uncomfortable. I don't really want to watch these small kids. Yeah. They're kind of in the in-between stage. Like, they're going for the in-between stage because it's not been done before. But I think they either need to be really young so it's, like, over their heads or mm. they need to be a bit older and awkward. Mm. They're in this weird in-between phase that's just not funny to yeah. watch it could surprise us but the, i didn't feel mm. the trailer really was able to communicate no. what sort of movie it was making and i think they've gone too young mm. in the subject matter but that ultimately could be where it wins mm. and it nails it but i'm not convinced at this point but no. jacob trembley is a wonderful young mm. actor who has he started getting notoriety in room uh, with brie larson a few mm. years ago so yeah he's growing up and he's he's, he's got great uh, screen presence mm. i think but yeah anyway for anything it might be worth just watching it for to see what he's what he's like in this and there was an interesting trailer for a hidden life are we going to talk about that or yeah so um hidden life uh, screened at the Cannes film festival early this year it's written and directed by terence malick mm. who you may have seen a few of his films maybe not loved them over the years he's very very stylized very Mm. beautiful filmmaker quite metaphorical and all the rest of it this seems to be a little bit more a film where it follows an actual true life story Mm. it's set in world war ii of a a german family Mm. and a man who refuses to adhere to hitler's third reich and Mm. he gets punished for it and he's Mm. not not for it so we're following the story of that man and his family looks quite emotional so there's no australian distribution on that one yet but we will keep you updated as soon as we know when it's coming out yes hopefully soon or maybe in the new year i would say what is coming out next week on august 22nd 
is The Australian Dream, written by Stan Grant, and it's an inspirational story about AFL legend Adam Goods that also addresses, obviously, a wider, powerful story about identity and belonging, and Mm. it's a very important Australian film. Yes. I think everyone should go out and see it. It's made quite an impact at the Sydney Film Festival a few months ago, so I'm really, really stoked to see this is now out and Mm -hmm. we can catch it. Um, Because I didn't get to see it. And we mentioned this on our last podcast, Mm -hmm. your fave. Angel has fallen. (laughs) Jared Butler. He's the secret agent, Mike Banning, and he is framed for the attempted murder of the president again. Or when it was up to... He's getting into trouble again. Well, you think this guy would have earned some goodwill by now. (laughs) He saved the president that many times that you think he would get a little bit benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Or just change career. Retire. Retire. Hang hang up the gun. Yeah. Hang up the badge. Does Secret Service agents have a badge? Hang up the aviator sunglasses. The earpiece. The earpiece, yeah. Hang up up the bad American accent. (laughs) Wait, did I just do a bad American accent? No, Gerard Butler does a bad American accent. I don't remember slipping into an accent. I tend to do that. You're so much better when you're Scottish. Oh, yeah, you have a thing for that, don't you? Yeah. So thank you for listening. That was our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, review, mm-hmm. Quinta Tarantino, out August 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out. Well worth seeing. One of Quentin Tarantino's best. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll catch you next time, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.